I mean, it was a pantsing. That's oh, the best absolutely. verb I, 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 yeah. I heard slash read in, in, in anything. Was I was watching TV. They, they kept on saying spanking. I, and they were saying this on TV. And me and mum kept on chuckling. They're like, oh, absolute spanking it was. I was like, okay. What we do here is go back, 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 back. And we're back. And we are back with another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast on a Monday morning. And as we said last time, things have happened since we were last here, man. Have yeah. they not? They are. They, they they have definitely happened. It has it has it has been a week and a half and a, a very big weekend, for sure. Yeah. Um. Of course, since we. Since we were last on, the New Zealand general election, uh, which was on this Saturday, just gone, the 17th of October, uh, we've had election day, preliminary results in, the official uh, word is not in, I think it's November 6th is when it gets, f- when the election is officially, official? uh, yeah. uh, the the results are officially in, but, but so much more of that to come this episode, and, yeah. and we'll park that for a little bit, but first and foremost, how are you man? I'm good. I'm well. I yeah. I've I've started uh, my new position in a, in a new store uh, this week, uh, and it's it's blissful. It's blissful. It's it's actually quite chill, and you know, just get to my job, get through the day. Um, a lot of people keep on asking me if it's boring, but you know, as I said last episode, past few episodes, I'm trying to reevaluate everything, just kind of take the pressure and pace off me. So it's actually just really nice uh, to kind of just, yeah, coast through the week. Um, this is the third day of my three-day weekend, which has just been a whole nother thing in itself, which has been nice. Um, and yeah, had a lovely weekend, obviously, yeah, watching the election and caught up with a few friends yesterday, which I am endeavoring to do more to get out and actually see people and hang out with people. Um, and yeah, just, just, yeah, it's actually, if this is the start of what, you know, is to come, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So looking forward to it. How about yourself to hear, bro? How about Um, yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, it was, it was a really, really long, tiring weekend and I have not really recovered and, uh, still in rehearsals for this, the show that I mentioned, uh, last episode batch, which, uh, opens tomorrow night at bats in Wellington. Um, so yeah, we have rehearsals today before tomorrow and then yeah, show tomorrow and a couple more shows on Friday and Saturday and, and yeah, just, I gotta be honest, man, I'm just looking forward to Labor Day Monday where I'm just going to (laughs) sleep and do nothing else and I cannot wait. Yeah. But I am, I am happy to be back recording on the Monday because it feels like it's been such a long time since we, uh. We, you know, we had this this zone, our comfortable yeah. zone. And I, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. most of it's been me. It's been crazy few weeks, and all sorts of work things means has meant we've had to had to shuffle shuffle around. But I mean, shuffling around has kind of been the nature of the last few weeks. I think that's all been madness for you, madness for me. Obviously, yeah. a crazy crazy period of time for for the country as a whole. Um, but but there have been a few interesting. Uh, TV and film things that I wanted to, to mention this this last week. I mean, look at me getting out and watching some hey, some different stuff. Love it. Um, but I've got to say that I didn't watch any of th- why well, any of the first three leaders debates. Uh, mm-hmm, I kind of didn't mm-hmm. really take much interest in them. I knew that that wasn't going to have really any any influence on on me as a voter. But I did catch the end of the last one on Thursday night, and um, more importantly. Uh, what came after after the debate was the premiere of this uh, sort of documentary semi dramatization uh, called the Friend of the Friendless. You hear anything about oh, that? No, I didn't. It's um about the the Scott Guy murder in Fielding um in two thousand and something. I can't remember, but you may may remember it was very very highly politicized and strong media coverage about this this uh this murder of scott guy this fielding farmer quite a number of years ago while well, i keep talking i'll uh, i'll look it up and find the exact year but <laughs> but basically so scott guy this 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 farmer was was shot dead outside his farm in fielding in 2010 and his uh brother-in-law ewan mcdonald was cha- charged with the murder 
and the because because of that there was quite a high high profile case and in the end you and mcdonald was found not guilty by the jury and i mean i don't want to compare it to to the david bain trial but but it probably didn't get that that high profile but but is one of our more more high profile yeah murder trials and the documentary sort of uh, recreates what happened and the evidence on both sides of the the prosecution and the defense with a focus on the defense lawyer um, for Ewan McDonald and kind of his brilliance at uh, getting getting Ewan McDonald um, to be found not guilty mm. and yeah it was it was really interesting I mean those sorts of dramatizations semi-documentary things I always find like fascinating i know loves some people absolutely love true crime some Mm. people doesn't Mm. resonate i mean uh how to make a murderer was was huge in 20 2016 on on netflix that that like true crime stuff i think is a really big wave over the last few years for tv but it was really interesting to watch one that was a New Zealand trial case that I kind of didn't know much about. Like I mm. remember the Scott guy murder. I remember it having something to do with a family member. I, I call the, the, the drama that came from that. And yeah, it was, it was kind of cool to see, to be informed about high profile New Zealand events and it be a mixture of real life tapes from the, the court room and reenactment. And, and yeah, I definitely, I definitely recommend it to both you and, and anyone else who, I mean, takes interest in, in true crime stuff because, yeah, it happened here and I, it was only like 60 minutes or so, like um, just over an hour, and I came away from it being like, hmm, true crime, New Zealand. So Friend of the Friendless, definitely yeah. recommend. Okay. Um, and then I'll the other thing that I watched this week was a very, very weird movie by Danny Boyle, uh, director Danny Boyle, called A Shallow Grave from 1994, starring Ewan McGregor uh, and Christopher Eccleston amongst uh, another small cast. Yeah. Hugh McGregor, obviously well known for uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Christopher Eccleston, slightly less well known as the first Doctor Who back in the the uh, sort yep. of the revamp when it first came back. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of this movie? Yeah, was that was that wasn't that Danny Boyle's first one? Not as or maybe not his first, but that was his first with you and McGregor, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think and it's then and then they yeah pre train spotting because then they did train spotting next together. Danny Boyle and you and McGregor. Yeah. 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 So I know of it, but I haven't actually seen it. No. Just a weird movie, bro. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> just the reason we, the reason we came across it is Fred and I, we were doing Wellington on a plate. We were waiting, you know, for our, waiting for Burke to come mm-hmm. Friday night and we went, let's watch a movie. What should we watch? A thriller. Okay, cool. Esquire top 45 thrillers ever made, blah, blah, blah. And the first one on the list was Danny Boyle, 1994, claims to be his best movie claims to be one of the best thrillers and i was like you know what it's 70 minutes let's just do it and bro what a weird movie eh? um it is a thriller it is just a bit strange and you kind of mm. spend the whole movie being like am i not getting this am i you know when movies is just a bit yeah. weird and you're like have yeah. i missed the intention have i missed the stylistic decisions um at the end of it i I think I kind of was like, I don't know if I enjoyed that, but I'm still thinking about it now. So yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I did. Well, so maybe it's done I did something it. to you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely, I recommend it as a, if you're sitting there being like, I want to watch a movie that's completely batshit. And after 70 minutes come and go away and go, uh, okay, it was a thriller, but how do I feel about it? Shallow Grave, <laughs> yeah. 1994 is the movie for you. Yeah. I find, yeah. Danny Boyle in the nineties. I mean, even like, uh, the first train spotting that's a that's a weird trip in itself um so yeah it's it, i mean yeah i i can totally get i haven't seen it but those kind of like you're saying those stylistic um choices and things like that you kind of like huh what <laughs> okay <laughs> i think it's just filmmaking in those different decades is so are so different as well like you oh, could yeah. tell that that film was made in 1994 and wasn't mm. like a 2018 film set in the 90s like the style yep, and yep. like the graininess of the actual camera quality Cameras, and yeah. just the way they make it you could just tell was was that sort of decade and i think that's part of why we chose to watch it sometimes it's really nice to be like let's watch a film from a different de- decade decade know, yeah, yeah, old, yeah, yeah old films like i mean i think that's part of the appeal with like say the original star wars is that both this 
the storytelling in the franchise, but but also that kind of old school nostalgia yeah. feel of of like a time that we kind of don't have any relationship with except through like media like that. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. sometimes it's nice to just be like, hmm, let's watch a film or TV show from this period and it's kind of old and grainy and you're like, oh, back then life was so simple. Except, you know, <laughs> still people being murdered and all this, you know, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, all yeah. the stories are the same, but the camera quality is terrible. So therefore, <laughs> you know. It has this thing about it, yeah. Well, the, the, a weird, weird thing, don't know if you feel about thought about this, but 2020, right? We are the same distance away from 1990 to 2050 oh weird that is yeah weird. i know so we'll be in we'll be in we'll be in 2050 looking back at 2020 being like oh my god the stylistic choices and changes of that decade were amazing like <laughs> it, it's just so weird to think that yeah we're yeah 30 30 years from 1990 and it's that until 2050 when apparently the world is meant to end so huh. That's a topic for another point. <laughs> well, the 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 like the like cut off like um you know they say the when you know uh, last chance is humanity to save the world is mm. like coming very soon, and they say around twenty fifty sixty is when it'll actually like be like happen. Is right. when it'll yeah. So maybe we won't be looking back on the no films of twenty twenty as no. we. <laughs> as or, we grapple with extinction or maybe yeah, we will be maybe, maybe that we will be what gets us through the a cold dark nights as yeah, you and i we'll be, sit yeah. in a cave up in the mountains somewhere <laughs> with an old school tv like fiddling with the aerial and a movie from the like noughties come on like oh my god you and i will still be recording on some like old beaten up thing out into the airwaves and it'll be like will i am Will I am not Will I am Will Smith and Will's, I am legend. yeah 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 I am legend. being like if anyone can hear this we're still reviewing films from 2020. That's a great prompt for a film actually. Yeah we no that's good that. yeah we'll write that I'm putting it down I'm putting it down you um, you put that down. I'm <laughs> um, quickly just speaking on stylistic choices. Um, have you have you watched The Boys? Or do no, you know, I haven't. Do you know of the boys? No, I. I it's oh, completely, okay. f- completely foreign to me. Foreign to you, yeah. So, I mean, I'll quickly just speak to it. Um, the the boys is basic. It, it's on its second season now. Its second season just got released, um, and it's basically the premise is like superheroes, right? So there's there's superheroes in this world, um, but the superheroes are controlled by um, like a an organization. So it's all about like corporate and PR and, you know, making money and things like that. So the these superheroes don't really have that much autonomy. They get told what to do and why and, you know, and there's like marketing and, you know, campaigns. And it's all about money, money, money. Um, so it's basically like bad superheroes working for bad people. And it's like, you know, there's like uh nudity like like explicit like violence and things like that like it's intense so for me as like a superhero marvel fan it's actually really nice and refreshing seeing superheroes in like a real broken down like i don't know i'd say more realistic world you know like the corporation's obviously trying to paint this big good picture for these for these heroes but really they're all just nasty people um and it's it's a really good premise i'm only five episodes through the first season um but yeah i think if marvel isn't necessarily your thing but you like superheroes and you want to see something different the boys is very good the boys is very good i have been watching it with my mum though so some things come on screen and we're like hoi okay um but me and mum have always been like that like we've watched yeah. <laughs> so much stuff together that's been a bit okay close my eyes now <laughs> yeah well have you have you watched any of the the tv show watchman oh i haven't watched the tv show no because no. apparently the tv show is fantastic like, yeah yeah i've seen that on the top like best show of 2019 type mm-hmm. level of lists and it's been one of those that um i mean i i haven't seen the 2009 film and i know it's only one season in but um maybe do, do some scouting on, on yeah that no you, bro. Uh, yeah i just go you. and binge the season one and let me know yep. if it's worth I'll my time that would be, you know. be yeah that'd be great but just because okay. it's in that similar like dirty vigilante yeah, d- yeah exactly yeah yep. where does the power of the state stuff yeah um yeah. 
That film's yeah. great, by the way, that 2009 film. <sighs> Chuck it down on the put list. Put it down, bro. put it on the Christmas, list. It's the Christmas time watch list. Here we go. <laughs> um, but anyway, we should, we should move on we to... Should um, on. We should dive we should on. Di- we should dive on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And, um... Yeah, so th- this week, we said on last week's episode that we weren't going to talk about politics. And the main reason for that was not talking about politics before the election, with my employment for the Electoral Commission. There's some big no-nos there about about being public, about just talking about politics generally, obviously working in, in the space where votes are cast and counted, all that sort of stuff. But even though the election is not uh, finished, you know, the special votes still had to be counted. I think something like 480,000. Yeah. Yeah, roughly um, estimated, yeah. My employment with them is finished. The preliminary uh, counts are in. So there's lots of stuff that we, we can talk about and we want to talk about. Um, and my question for you this week is sort of going to lead us nicely into that topic, I feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my question to you is this. What percentage chance is there that you ever run for office, either as a local body representative say council or mayor or whatever or you know mp national government what percentage chance do you reckon there is at some point in your life you run for any kind of political position oh hey um, do you know it's it's quite it's quite interesting because i was walking down the street the other day obviously uh, yesterday you know election all of this it's in my mind i'm hyped on it i was walking down the street and i actually had this exact same thought uh, and that's that's weird that you asked this because i was walking down the street and i was like i wonder if i would ever you know maybe like help out at first like actually be like hey i'm available i want to help in some way um and then eventually yeah get to a point where i am in in some sort of political position like i've always been interested in politics but i've never seen myself as a face in amongst it um a percentage though if i was to give you a percentage i mean it's definitely risen over the past few days um i'd say there's like a hmm it's not big but i'd say there'd maybe be like a 40 percent chance that that it, it might happen um i mean i still haven't really encompassed the thing that i really want to do in my life yet so mm-hmm. um <laughs> but if if all of that goes uh not to plan then i may consider it i'd probably more in the sense of like a local body electorate than like a like a big parliament kind of list mp kind of thing i would say um or yeah i mean yeah even something within a community or mayor I mean that would be cool, but I don't know. I I think I'd have to do some more learning if I was yeah, to do that. I mean, it's all that. it's all hypothetical perspective. Uh, yeah, but yeah, forty yeah, percent's yeah. pretty high, bro. Like that, yeah. that's not. I, I mean, mean yeah, but like that—that's uh, 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 almost toss a coin that you that, which is cool because yeah. I think my number is probably not quite that high. I think like mm-hmm. 35 percent is where I was was yep. sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny, isn't it? That, that all, you know, election comes around, the results come out and all of a sudden everyone goes like, Ooh, Ooh. not everyone, that, no, that's no, not no, fair, no, but, no, yeah. but you know, it's, it, you have, you have that thought. And I think obviously there's certain things that happened in, in this election and last election that there's, there's a push towards, you know, youth and, and our generation mm. moving mm. towards that sort of thing. And, and I think it's good to encourage even conversation about people entering entering politics because i think it isn't a oh i didn't go to law school and i didn't study political science and like bugger that anyone can become a politician all you have to do is care about some stuff you know find find whatever party aligns with you or film a former party or or in the case of like local council just run with a support group and and say what you state what you believe in with the hope that if you get get voted into 
into power then you have that thing to to run on and i think it'd be you know if we get to 2050 even if we get to 2030 because eventually politicians that they get too old uh people retire you know people die generations move on like we are just going to see more and more and more of our generation coming into politics that that is irrefutable that's just going to happen and i think there'll be less people from our generation that come at it from a career politician perspective and more people come from the perspective of you know uh climate science or Mm. passion for the welfare state or you know passion for business or whatever you know people come in and, and doing that and yeah i think all it takes is an election for people to go hmm maybe in 20 years that's that's what i'm passionate because it's hard to not get invested in it right and like this is why we're going to talk about it for the next 40 minutes it's because it's hard when it comes around to not get excited by it and be encompassed by it and and i mean 40 35 percent is it's it's pretty high yeah yeah i mean and and maybe that's us you know maybe everyone boosts their percentage up like 15 percent yeah, you know, maybe yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's exactly that what I was thinking. It's more like five. Yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. forty. It's more like twenty. But <laughs> but I think I think there's certain qualities of of politicians at least that the ones that we see it seems very performative. Mm. Look at Jacinda and, and and Judith and and you know Winston Peters. Like there's an element of performance that is so crucial to what we see with those high profile politicians yeah. in the case with you know list mps and you know uh electorate representatives i think yep. a lot of the time it's pro- probably isn't that it's people who are really passionate about making change and have strong policy and all that kind of stuff you know we probably don't 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 see that so mm. yeah I, I think there's a bias towards the performance side of it, the public speaking side, which obviously you, you and I would both excel at, but yeah, make probably where our limitations are and where our learning would need to come in would be, you know, the policy stuff. What do we actually yeah. really, really care about? Actually like sitting in the house and being like, um, yeah. okay, listening. What? Are, yep. Okay. But yeah. I mean, that's just it. I mean, like it, it takes a lot to be the face of a party because, you know, yeah, the sure. three that you just mentioned are the faces of their parties. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, yeah, as a, as a performer, um, there is a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is a lot of that yeah. getting up in front of everyone and, you know, putting your best foot forward. Not saying that all politicians are like putting on masks and things like that all of the time, but they definitely have to do that. They have to put yeah. their best foot forward, their best mask And it's a performance. Forward. It's it's a yep. cultivated performance regardless of any, any party. Parties mm. I like, parties I don't like. It is a crafted machine that puts forward this presentation of a person or an ideal or a Mm. or a group to say hey you should vote for this thing yeah i'm not saying that you know jacinda ardern isn't how she appears or judith collins isn't how she appears but like there's a whole group of like body advisors people behind them saying hey say this hey don't do this hey you Mm. know because Mm. it's, it's greater than just those individuals um but we should move on to the actual election itself. Yeah. Uh, as we cool. said, the 17th of uh, October was the election day after it was pushed back approximately uh, a month, well, four weeks because of, of the re-emergence of, of the COVID. The COVID. Uh, the COVID. Um, how was your election day, man? I, I mean, just, just t- what are your thoughts? Talk to me. The mic is yours. I'm interested in mine. anything and everything you have to say. Yeah, I, I I I really like when it comes to election day. I remember having memories growing up of watching the election results with mum. Not that I knew a lot of what was going on, but it was always on screen, looking at the stats, watching all of the colours move. You know, back in the day, it was all just like colours and, and what ones were predominant and stuff like that. Um, and then I think last election, you and me, we had a, we had a party. Is that right? It was, it was the last election, right? Yeah, were you we're at an election Kennedy, party? Kennedy Street? Yeah, yeah, we were at the manor. Um, and the manor, completely the manor. out of context for anyone yeah, that true. doesn't <laughs> know Matt and I individually. It was a nice flat. It was a good, it was hence, a good place. Hence the manor, anyway. Yeah, the yeah. rent for it will now be astronomical, as everything is in Wellington. <laughs> um, and then this election, it was really nice to be up here again with mum, but obviously being older, actually knowing, you know, 
what was going on with policies and now voting for the past couple of times and things like that. So my election night was actually really cool. Uh, we just sat and watched the whole way through. Like I, I watched it all the way till midnight until they, they clocked off. Um, and I was, I was pretty, I mean, I don't want to say I'm God, God, I was gobsmacked because I kind of thought it would be the way that, you know, everything was going to go. But I think it was just, I was gobsmacked at the fact on, on how, how well Labour really did. Um, it was a landslide, like it was an absolute landslide. Um, and having the stats on the TV and things like that, it was really interesting watching how national voters were voting for their electorates, but also voting for their party votes as well. Um, and yeah, that, that, you know, the, all the swing votes and things like that, it was, it was really interesting to see. So, and that's why I love watching election day because I get a sense of how the rest of the country is voting. You know, I'm not just getting like a big statistics of like labor national act greens. I'm actually getting a feel for what parts of the country are voting for who and, and why, and their electorates and things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got a lot written down here in front of me, um, that I will want to get through as we keep on talking. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was happy. I'm, I'm quite happy with the result and the government that it looks like we are going to have, um, both in the sense of the left, the center and the right as well. Um, I think it's going to be a really good mix. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I can't but say that I was surprised, but very happy with the result as a whole i mean it was a pantsing that's uh, the best absolutely. verb i i, I, yeah. I heard slash read and and anything was i was watching tv they, they kept on saying spanking and they were saying this on tv and me and mum kept on chuckling they're like oh absolute spanking it was i was like okay if you want to say it that way i like pantsing i must say pantsing is a lot better um and yeah i, I mean there's without any political agenda or any side like it was just an absolute labor dominance i yeah. mean my so my election ex, election day slash night experience was very very different to yours so very. my day started at seven thirty a.m at my voting place obviously i got up even earlier than that uh voting open at nine shut at seven uh got out of there by about ten thirty. And so I've got to say, like, I felt quite removed from the, um, the like, the results coming in, which I thought yeah. was so ironic, being actively playing a part, one of this group of 30,000 helpers or whatever, you know, people that mm-hmm. allow the election to happen. The irony of being so involved in my specific, you know, part of that was that I felt completely removed from the results. Like by the time I finished work, I think 65% of stuff was in like roughly like across, across all electorates. I mean, yeah. most, it was pretty clear by that point, which electorates have been won, the couple of electric electorates that were close. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was a bit sad to like miss out on that ex- yeah, experience. And I think yeah. I didn't realize how, much i valued that Mm. um because the previous two elections i mean matt and i are both of the age where we got to vote the year that we turned 18 yes um is that right no no 2014 we we voted when we we were 18 when we were 18 so we voted the last two elections and both of the last two elections i remember having election parties and yeah 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 and and yeah this this time was was so different and i felt quite torn having been so aware that you know I was in a voting place. We had votes to call and, you know, be part of the, mm. the wheel. You were going from 67% yep, to 67.1% yep. or how, whatever that percentage may be. Um, and it's been an interesting experience. I mean, the, like I said before, the reason we couldn't talk about politics is when you work for the Electoral Commission, you sign on to essentially be politically neutral in a public sense. Like your job is to help the election be possible and obviously the whole point is free and fair yeah democracy and your opinion in this workplace and publicly cannot be shared of course you still have the same rights to vote and and exercise that democratic right but you know you're not allowed to to wreck the process that is meant to be sort of unbiased and that kind of finished at 10 30 and once you you finish the work obviously now we can all reflect on the result um 
in the same way that anyone can reflect on the result. Um, which is why I've been so excited to talk to you about it. Um, one thing, obviously, we can't talk about is the the referenda. We don't we don't know what don't the results know. of that are. We, we don't, don't find out for quite a while. Um, yeah, thirtieth of said, October. Thirtieth of October. Yeah, 30th that's of October. Right. Yeah. Um, and we still don't know uh, the the final numbers because obviously special votes, four hundred eighty thousand, yep. or you know all these all these uh, international people who are voting. Um, one thing that's interesting about this election, I think, is it seemed like the way it's been reported as it has been, you know, a landslide and pantsing and all that. One yeah. of the things to remember is that 2014, that general election was kind of the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, National, sure. I think, won 60 seats to Labour's 32. Yeah. So very, very similar numbers. Mm. And I think it's so representative of the fact that we live in in the current, right? In this state, it f- it feels like such a pantsing, and and you know, National only won sixty seats that time, so it couldn't govern alone. And at the moment, based on on Labor's numbers, they can potentially um, govern alone. Um, I mean, yeah. you said you had the the stats there. Was it fifteen electorate seats that Labor took from previously uh, four, National fourteen? They took yeah, they took they took fourteen National seats. Uh, yeah, that were previously held by yeah national electorates, um, and yeah, that that was a, a a a really big big thing that I was watching all night, and it was really interesting in a lot of these electorates as well. The party votes for for not all of them, but for majority of them, um, were going for Labour. You know, so these are previously held national electorates that have now completely swung towards towards labor um it's yeah it was really interesting to watch i mean just quickly like hamilton east and hamilton west i obviously you know grew up in the waikato and and stuff david bennett had been holding hamilton east since 2005 and he was an old boy of my high school so he actually used to come to our high school during election and be like hey i'm david bennett i used to go to the school i'm the electorate for hamilton east um and yeah he just he just lost his seat and he's been he's been in that since 2005 so um you know uh, that that, you know that was interesting to see hamilton west as well they've been uh, predominantly national they got swung um yeah east coast as well you know hut south elam jerry brownlee jerry brownlee he's been in that seat i mean elam was an electorate that came up in 1996 and he has had that electorate since 1996 um and it is no longer his i mean uh, the fortunate thing for jerry brownlee is that he's obviously still a list mp so he's still going to get into parliament um but he's no longer with elam and then the same with nick smith as well and nelson nelson yeah yeah he he he's been in there since 1996 also um and he just got he just got beat out as well um i believe nick smith is also still a list mp and he'll just make it in um because nationals still get nine list mps um, so I think he still makes the cut. Um, and then, I, I mean, another interesting one as well, Paula Bennett for Upper um, Upper Harbour. She's obviously no longer in in Parliament, but that used to be um, her, her electorate. Um, and that is now swung over to Labour. So, I mean, those are only a few just to mention, but yeah, there's a few others on here that, yeah, have completely swung towards, towards Labour. And that was really interesting to see the kind of, percentage loss that national had over this election and i mean that's there's a number of reasons on why we can talk about why that happened you know um some of these places uh were were, they didn't have the same um mps running so they had new national mps running for that electorate and obviously when you have a new mp you don't know this person and with the current climate of what how national labor were doing you know it was kind of like oh you know i'll swing over to to the right uh, to the left sorry um and yeah i mean i think you know jacinda obviously had you know i'm gonna say had covid on her side you know for sure for sure sure. you know regardless of where you are leaning i mean yeah we don't like uh we don't like change that much i mean i I don't i don't know what the 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 status but i don't think it's been a long time since the New Zealand government only served one term. One term, you know, yeah. lots of nine nine year cycles, and and something has to go quite wrong 
to make a government only last for three years. Yeah. And I think the irony of, of something has to go wrong, in the case of COVID, it went so wrong that why, you know, obviously most people would prefer to stay with the people that have been going through the crises than, yeah. than change change rates. Now, it doesn't mean COVID's the only reason why people vote. People vote for completely you know, all sorts of different reasons. Oh, but yes, 100% Jacinda Ardern have that on her side. I mean, fair enough, I say, in terms of the handling of, of, yep. of the crisis and, and yep. the pandemic. You know, if she and the government had handled it poorly, if, if it had gone a lot worse, then it would also not be on her side. But yeah, uh, of exactly. course, going into election day and the advanced voting period, the state of where COVID was, yes, was was completely, yeah. completely on her side. A really big factor. And then, I mean, the other thing that obviously National didn't have going for is that they've had three leaders in the past 10 months. You know, they've had this change after change after change. Um, yeah, two leaders in the past three months. They haven't had the stability of coming into this election to really, I feel like, build off something. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Judith Collins is definitely the best face that National could have right now. And she's done a, a pretty good job, you know, these past couple of months to try and get something from it. But as a voter, when you're seeing your party change face and change face and change face, you're, you're going to lose some of that faith for your party. You know, I think um, there was, I can't remember the word that they were using on the night but you know just the the national was lacking a little bit of discipline and cohesiveness just that cohesiveness as a party lately so a lot of those you know i guess right uh lefties you know um they were they they did they came across um and whether they were voting for the greens or or labor um they did that but that was really evident in the electorates as well that a lot of the electorates you know even though they they voted for a national electorate that they had previously held. I think, um, yeah, 18, 18 national MPs won the same electorate uh, from the previous year. Um, and But the party vote was still towards Labour, you know? So these people are voting for a face that they know in their electorate, but they're not confident in the party itself, so they're voting for Labour. So that was just really interesting to see as well over the course of the night. I mean, this was definitely a a election where MMP played a huge part, right? Yeah. The yeah. fact that when the you know someone messaged me saying Labor's at forty nine percent, but they're going to cross, they're going to get across the sixty one seat threshold with with the ele- winning so many electorates. Yeah. I mean, that's was one of the first times where I went, oh. Oh, electorates matter heaps because this is yeah. going to be a massive, like a massive, massive difference, exactly. difference in terms of forming forming the next government. Um, I think obviously, you know, two key seats that that weren't talking about and were probably, I imagine, and the coverage, much of the focus of the night was uh, Wairiki and Auckland Central yeah, for man. very, very different reasons. Uh, Auckland yep. Central, uh, obviously provisionally won at this stage by by chloe swabrick of the greens uh and i'll, I'll let you dive into that but <laughs> but a, a seat that uh has kind of been a trio race in the yeah. way that it's been discussed over the last however many however many months and one of the seats where the politics of well the politics was on within the politics of you know labor and Na- labor and the Greens splitting votes so national can you know they'll they'll get it you know make sure that so-and-so votes for so-and-so that was a, a whole whole thing that i'll let you come back to and then wairiki um of course the the maori party were uh voted out of out of parliament in the 2017 election they did not win any seats and they did not get five percent uh tamani coffee having won the wairiki seat for labor in 2017 and that was the closest uh correct me if i'm wrong but the closest electorate race of the of the night and probably the one seat where it, it could change based could. on special votes yeah because yeah. what the the was it like 200 seats 200 yeah votes I, the, yeah i think it was like yeah around uh, yeah anywhere from 100 to 300 it was it was um, really close yeah I, I remember i did look at one point and saw the difference was 26 votes and i was yeah. like oh, wow that's close and so yeah. so uh if rawiri uh waititi holds a seat the maori party will have a seat in in 
in Parliament, um, and that would be the only electorate seat that that Labour lost on the night. Uh, Tommy Coffey is still high enough on on the list that he would still still be yep, in, in Parliament be as in. a list MP. Yep. Um, but I think there were a lot of people in the in the country that wanted the Māori Party to win a seat. Oh um, yeah. Potentially, dare I say, even people in the Labour Party would like the the Māori yeah. Party to be to be um, in that because potentially it might have come down to a, a coalition with the Māori Party mm. if, if Labour had won sixty seats and they only need you know one more. One more. But yeah, but yeah Wairiki was obviously super close and with a party that if they hadn't won it or if they don't win it will not be in Parliament. And then Auckland Central, obviously a a huge win for for Chloe Swarbrick and the Greens and as an Auckland Central resident, uh, your your two cents uh, oh, take yeah. away. No, I was I was I was stoked. Um, I mean, yeah, I knew coming up here to Auckland and being in Auckland Central that Chloe was going to going to be in my electorate. Um, and yeah, I, I'd happily say I voted voted for Chloe, um, and she got it. You know, so for for me as a voter, that's pretty cool. You know, in the sense of. You know, because on the night they're talking about wasted votes and, you know, like all of these minor parties people voted for, they become wasted votes. Um, but for me to be able to vote for Chloe and for her to get that electorate, I mean, as of now, as we said, there's still special votes to come in and mail-in votes and all of that, righty, righty, right. Um, it, it's it's hers and I'm, I'm absolutely stoked. Um, and yeah, because I mean, that was obviously a position that was um, previously held by Nikki Kay. Nikki Kay has obviously left now as well, um, but she had that since 2008. Um, and she actually, predominantly, Auckland Central was actually a Labour, um, a Labour electorate until Nikki Kay came in and, um, you know, took it to national since 2008. And then Chloe came in here. She had a like a really big campaign, you know. Um, she really pushed herself. I think, obviously, the, um, the cannabis referendum really put her in the spotlight as well. And, um, and the really big push for young voters. I mean, in Auckland Central, you have Auckland Uni and, and all of these young people in halls and things like that. It's uh, the uh, youngest electorate in the country, right? Yeah. By, by uh, yeah. mean age. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Auckland Central also stretches out to a lot of the islands as well. Um, so that was really interesting to see on the map. I didn't quite realise that. Um, but, yeah, the fact that she's in it is it was just really gratifying as a voter when you cast your vote for that person and they've made it, especially for something like that. You know, like it's not like a strong Labour vote or a strong national vote. It was really trying to get, yeah, a green electorate and Chloe Swarbrick. Because, I mean, for me... Uh, you know, I, I am a I'm gonna say it like I'm a green supporter, but for I wasn't necessarily just voting for Chloe Sporwick because she was a a green MP. I was voting for her because I believe in what she's doing, you know, and what she's gonna do for Auckland Central at least. Um so that was just yeah, re- really gratifying as a voter to see. Um and yeah, uh, it's it's cool. It's a cool feeling. Watching I was watching that the whole night. Um and it was cool seeing Chloe's reaction as well. They kept on cutting back to the um the green HQ and things like that and and you know, they were keeping up on their phones and how it was all going and um yeah, I I'm, it means a lot to the party because it was the only electorate that the Greens won. Um, and yeah, because uh, I was looking at it, the Greens didn't come second in any other electorate. They were in like third or fourth in, in their electorates for, for you know. Um, so yeah, it was the only electorate that they that they won um, or even come close to winning. I think for you and me, we think of the Greens as quite a constant in, in Parliament yeah. because they've been in... You know, for the majority of the time that we have, uh, at least the three the last three election cycles, three. right? Yeah, I think we we kind of take them for granted, and we kind of think of them as a constant. And because of that, I think I mean I don't want to speak for you, but I've always just sort of you associate seats in Parliament with people and electorates, and I didn't mm. realize. And I think because Chloe Swabrook ran such a strong. Chloe for Auckland Central, Chloe for Auckland Central campaign. Yeah. I didn't realise that the Greens have only ever won uh, an electorate seat before when the Labour Party has endorsed voters to yeah. vote for yeah. that person. Yeah. I didn't realise that the Greens have never before won a seat just based off campaigning for that person to win that seat, which is which is incredible. I mean, for yeah. for minor parties as well. I mean, 
sort of famously Dave, David Seymour with, with his seat with, and yeah, I mean, Epsom, yeah. Epsom and Act Warrant's talking about in a second as well. And um, yeah, I think, think that is sort of MMP, isn't it? Like, yeah, there are two votes you get, you get two ticks and it makes a difference. I mean, look, look at Act. Did you realize that in 2017, <laughs> the Act Party got 13,000 votes? Yeah. Less yeah. than point well i think point five percent yeah it was point five percent is what they got in the last election i mean i don't agree with a lot of x policies i would i would never vote for them personally no, I but agree. you can't help but admire just the shift in votes that a party gets in the space of three years to go yeah. from 0.5 to what like 8.1 is where it's sitting at now, uh, roughly they're at uh, yeah, they're about eight, eight percent. Yeah, which is something like what two hundred and forty thousand in that rough. It's it's in that ballpark. Yeah, it's definitely more than two hundred thousand votes. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge change, and it shows what you can do in MMP if you can just get one person in to Parliament to hold a seat, um, to have that, you know, quote unquote seat at the table and then you know, three years can make a huge difference. And, yeah, build it, and I think yeah. one of those massive talking points about this election is is national voters. Yeah. Because I think, you know, as much as Judith Collins and people in the National Party wanna wanted to pretend like it was a close race, Labour was always Labour was always gonna I think from the moment the first poll came out, I mean even before the first poll came out, it was clear that Labour was gonna get significantly more yeah. um, party votes than national. And I think the sort of the the history of this election and what people will write about in research is, is how many national voters voted, like how many people voted for Labour because they genuinely had a change of heart mm-hmm. and how many people didn't vote for national because they knew that national was not going to be able to form a government. Yeah. And I think it's clear that there's some some similarities between national and act in terms of certain opinions on yep. certain policies and yep. and sure I, I don't think anyone would really disagree me with me with saying that a significant portion of that new act voting percentage probably came from previously national voters yeah true something that someone said to me today was that she had been reading you know some articles and commentary about is there a chance that the reason that the labor vote was so high and the national vote was so low was that actually a lot of people who would normally be national voters decided that they wanted to vote for Labour rather than see the Greens and in, mm. in government. Yeah. Because, I mean, Labour and national are both somewhere near the centre. I know traditionally we think of Labour as being left-leaning and national as being right-leaning, but on a lot of policies, they actually agree on a lot of stuff. Like yeah. if you, if you yeah. I mean, that's what I picked up on, on the bits and pieces of the, the debates that I watch. Uh, moderator ask a question Jacinda and Judith both give roughly the same answer like yep. they they are not actually that different on a lot of key policies now I, I'm not saying that Labour and National are exactly the same but no. but it is feasible that that National voters would look at this election as a lot of people did with tactical eyes and go well I'd rather that the, lab, lab, the centrist Labour governed alone than them have to rely on the Greens and go further left yeah uh, definitely a possibility Sure, it's also just a possibility that Labour's had a pretty good three years. Jacinda Ardern's a charismatic leader, and maybe a lot of swing voters just actually wanted to vote for Labour. Like mm. all of these, all of these things are, are possibilities, and I think it leads towards you know what happens next. Now is really interesting because if the seats stay the same and Labour has what is it, sixty five, sixty four, sixty four seats, then govern alone. Yep. Now, what happens next in terms of Labour and its previous allies, dare I say, like the Greens, essentially. That, yeah. This is where the focus lies on the yeah, Greens. Yeah, what yeah. relationship is there going to be there? I mean, Labour could reach out to the Greens and officially form a coalition. They could not reach out to the Greens and say, actually, we're government alone. Sorry, but we got the votes. It could be somewhere in the middle in terms of supply and demand, you know consulting them giving them some portfolios leaning on the greens in the areas of expertise probably i think that's what's most likely yeah, to happen yeah. but i was just listening to the radio today and and a political commentator made a good point and said there's a chance that actually if labor doesn't offer the greens a coalition 
or you know official relationship whatever like make it facebook official the greens might not want any part of it because Mm. if the greens get tied to a government that they actually don't have any say in and then labor does a bunch of stuff that the greens don't agree with and the greens don't have any power to veto they probably don't want to be involved with that it might be better for the greens to have their 10 seats and sit in parliament and agree with labor when they do and and say hey actually we don't agree with this at all like there's so much up in the air now Mm. because labor at this stage does not need a coalition partner i think that's what the next few weeks is going to be probably all about is what happens with that relationship dynamic i mean there are probably thousands of voters that made the decision to vote for the greens or to vote for labor based on the expectation of some sort of labor greens coalition just having talked to lots of people that clearly was clearly present in in people's and people's minds that relationship dynamic and so there's going to be lots and lots of people watching that play out you know in some people's case with the hope that labor works with the greens and some people's case hoping that labor just says we don't actually need you so Mm. Mm. the election results are provisionally in Lots of left-leaning people are really satisfied, but it's kind of not over, right? Like this is no. this is where they, the the yeah this is the, the game kind of begins. This is where the work <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I mean that's the most interesting thing about this election is that this is the first majority since MMP was introduced in 1996. It's the first time we've seen this because MMP is not designed for this to happen. For a, for a majority to happen, you are meant to create these coalitions and work together as a government and opposite form an opposition and things like that. So the fact that this has happened is, yeah, is, 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 is kind of like, yeah, what's next? Like you were just saying, all of those things um, are now the next thing to kind of look at. Um, I'm glad you, you mentioned MMP and, and the whole what was MMP designed for and what was it not? Because I think we have to take everything with a grain of salt. We're super lucky to have MMP here. Yeah. Having experienced first past the post in the UK this year, such a, such an old, outdated voting method. Um, we're so lucky to have MP. But I think this election, as you you know, as you said before about getting older and, and learning about policies and how government is formed, is I think MMP still me- needs reform. Um, mm. I think personally, I think the five percent threshold for parties to get into parliament is too high. I think okay. it should be at at three percent. Yeah, I have the belief that three percent of New Zealanders vote for a party that that party has got enough of mm. of the enough people believe in it that they should that they should have a seat. Like yeah. I, you know, maybe three percent shouldn't equal three seats as it would do if say the Māori Party won an electorate and got three percent of the votes as well. But I, I think the 5% threshold is so high. And I think, as you said, with MMP being designed for minor parties and coalition and getting lots of different voices, I think that 5% threshold is so high to hit mm. that I, I still believe that it should be lowered. And I also think that there's this threshold that, that minor parties have to hit. I think it's 3% in a previous election to be part of the media, like, debates, coverage, the following uh, election yeah, cycle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like even even like that three percent is too high in relation to the five percent like because people don't vote for parties because they don't think they'll get to five percent which means a lot Mm. of the times they don't reach three even the three percent um and i think in in line with that my a lot of my voting over the last two elections has been hedged on this concept of a wasted vote and i feel really really strongly about the wasted vote fallacy being something that we really need to change as a country. Yeah. Because yeah. I, here's what I think. I think there's only a couple of wasted votes, things that are truly wasted votes. The first, if you don't vote, if yeah. you have a vote and you don't vote, that is a wasted vote. No one can mm. argue with that. If I don't care if you're exercising your right to not vote. I don't care if you don't think you're represented fundamentally by definition that is a wasted vote number two kind of in a different train of thought if you vote for a an electorate uh representative that doesn't win their electorate that is a wasted vote not in the sense of i don't think you should have voted that way but fundamentally that vote does not count in an electorate it is the person who gets the most votes gets those amount of ticks 
mm. and all the other ticks don't matter. Yeah. Like just by, by definition as a first past the post within the electorate thing. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't vote for someone who isn't going to win. I'm just saying that that tick kind of gets thrown away into the wind. Yeah. And thirdly, if you make a vote for someone or a party that you don't actually believe in, I personally think that that is, that is a wasted vote. If you vote for yeah. someone that you don't believe in and you make that decision and you don't align with them at all. Now, I also think there's some gray area. Um, you could claim that excess voters is kind of a wasted vote. The, um, the couple of percentage of Labour voters that sit in the threshold of, well, if that percentage of people hadn't voted for Labour, they would still have a majority and they would still be able to govern alone. Mm. In a sense, that excess is kind of wasted, depending on how you look at things. Mm-hmm. And similarly, mm-hmm. there is some tactical voting that... It's kind of a wasted vote, but you could also view it as not being wasted. And I, I mentioned one before, which is national voters who voted for Labour to keep the Greens out of Parliament, yeah, out of government, sorry, in a sense, didn't vote for who they believed in, but also they kind of voted against what they definitely didn't believe in. Like there's, yeah, there's yeah, some grey yeah, area yeah. there just based on this election with the numbers that came in. What I believe is not a wasted vote is if you vote for a minor party that you agree with, whether yeah. it be the New Conservatives, whether it be New Zealand First, whether it be the Māori Party, whether it be the Opportunities Party, if there is a party that you believe most closely aligns with your vote and you vote for them and they don't reach the 5% threshold, I think it's so stupid as a country that we view that as wasted because if it's you wasted. believe in those yeah. people, yeah. how are we ever going to get new parties with new ideas and new people into government if, if these parties don't don't have a go at it and and of course that's part of why i think the five percent is too high is because i believe in the minor party idea but there's lots of other stuff involved like reaching that three percent to be able to be involved in the media debates three years later the Mm. amount of funding that parties get is proportional to the percentage that you get in the previous election it's not just five percent or not five percent but we have such an obsession in this country with voting based on how we think the polls will stack up and it's just so flawed. Like, I, I understand trying to tell people that their vote matters to get people to vote. And actually, interestingly, voting was only up 2.75% this I year. I saw that. Yeah, and I thought exactly. it was going to be a lot higher. I mean, yeah. we're lucky that 82% of people turned out. That's still super high on, on an international level. But I thought it was going to be more like 85%. So yeah. it didn't rise that much. But I get that you trying to teach people that their vote matters is a really important message to get people who might not otherwise vote to vote. But kind of once you get people to the point of they're going to vote anyway, we kind of need to have more of a message of vote for what you believe in, not yeah. what vote based on what the polls are telling you is going to happen. Because we all know that's just sampling of 2,000 people on a random day. You know, the last poll for Chloe Swarbrick said she was going to get like at 28% or something. Yeah, she was in third. Yeah, and she was third. It's so stupid for people to think that their one party vote tick will be the difference in the Greens going from 4.99999% to 5%. It's mm. just, it's never going to happen. Now, sure, you can be part of a percentage of people that all vote for something and, and change for something, but... Yeah, I think if there's been an election which has really made me frustrated with the concept of, of wasted vote, it has been been this one. And yeah, to bring it around to MMP, I think we we still as a country are pretty locked into this idea of of a bipartisan voting system. That's part of why part of me is glad that ACT got so many voters. Again, I don't really agree with them as a party, but no. I think minor parties and and having different voices in parliament is so, so oh, important. It's important. Heck yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think I've been having conversations about that as well and having, having yeah, more ACT voices. You know, we're almost becoming... Um, like a, a liberal progressive parliament, you know, that we're going to have both of those sides that are going to challenge each other. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's it's going to be a really interesting three years. Um, but 
I, yeah, I totally hear what you're saying because when we were watching the election that night and hearing like wasted votes, we literally, we, I, I hadn't caught it before and we were sitting here and we were talking to each other and we were like, wasted vote, like what are wasted votes? And it's such a, you're so right, it's such a kind of um, harsh word when you're, yeah, you're trying to talk about this openness of voting on who you want to vote for and then all of a sudden you're hearing that your vote is a wasted vote. Um, so whether that like rhetoric of you know wording needs to change or yeah like you were saying the way that we get our minor parties in and things like that one interesting thing i wanted to touch on with your three percent do you uh, no no party reached three percent not even three percent yeah like nz first and even yeah. reach three you know like that's that's really interesting as well how the majority of new zealand were behind these four parties labor national act and green um so yeah that was that's really interesting to see as well so yeah and i think i think there's a a miscue there like for example look at look at the opportunity opportunities party top last election they get like sixty five thousand votes 2.4 percent and a, you know thousands of people say oh well i would have voted for top but i knew they weren't going to get to five percent if you take Mm. away all the polls and everyone just actually like if everyone that had voted for top last election voted for them they probably would have reached five percent and isn't that i mean to me that that is so strange that the reason that you don't make it is because people don't think you'll make it and that part of me has questioned this election like why do we even have polls wouldn't Mm. it be fairer if, if there wasn't if it was not allowed to have any polling and people actually just had to base their votes on how they feel discussion with other people and watching things like the debates rather than actually seeing all these yeah figures of things yeah yeah i i tote that makes total sense total sense because it is you get it's that not necessarily like fear mongering but that is exactly it it's like okay well yeah they're not going to make it i'm not going to vote for them yeah i'll put it somewhere else yeah that's such a good point bro and i think it's definitely something that we should or they should yeah look going forward because yeah i'd never thought about it like that but that makes total sense and i think one um, one final thing about the about waste to vote mmp to think about is because it's all proportional like say for example you vote for um just again to use them as an example say you vote for top if you are a top voter who also would rather see a labor government than a national government you know that that one percent two percent three percent four percent that top kind of gets redistributed is going to get redistributed based on the other proportion so if you think that labor's going to landslide you kind of get your vote in or in the case of the Māori party you get your vote in knowing that then your 1.7 percent doesn't you know gets redistributed and more of that percentage goes to the party that has taken the greatest percentage like 49 percent in labor's case so there is ways in there that you kind of get to cast two votes based on your vote not counting, he says in quotation marks, and then being redistributed to a certain... I mean, again, it depends on where you're voting, but but there's so much more nuance nuance to it. And, and I mean, I hope MMP, we continue to look at it, but the reality is, the, rea- the reality is when people are in government, they've been voted in via a system, they're really unlikely to change that system. I think for me, this election, that was one of the few things that I came away from Saturday, like, I feel like there's, there's change to be had how do we escape these these the 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 every three year cycle don't get yeah. me wrong um, i'm similar to you i i'm i'm happy about the labor landslide i'm super excited about green's representation i really hope the the Māori party holds on to their seat yeah, um heck yeah. but but yeah there's so many things to 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 feel out and and process about the the whole the whole election yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think just one one last thing I wanted to pop on after talking about MMP and all of these kinds of th- stuff. I think one thing that we can be really proud is as well is that at, at this moment before the um before the special votes come in, we have the most diverse government in the world at the moment. Um and that's in the sense of um queer and gay representation within parliament and I think that's a a beautiful thing to be able to say and have i think the next one uh or who's been leading the charge has been the uk actually i mean they have 
hundreds of seats so but their percentage um is has been the highest and for us right now the way that everything is holding with greens having 10 seats because their list mp at nine and ten um both identify as gay um uh, yeah we've got the most diverse government in the world and i think that's really something that we can be proud and happy to get behind um as as a nation because i we need that representation and they need that representation within the community um so yeah i just quickly wanted to say that because I think that's really awesome to see. Um, and that was one thing I was really happy to see as well in the East Coast with um, Kitty Allen as well. She's been campaigning for so long um, and the fact that she came in really strong in the East Coast um, and for, for that community as well, I thought was was just, yeah, really great to see. And same with Chloe Swarbrick as well in Auckland Central. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a great representation and uh, it's nice to see. It's yeah, nice to see. for sure. And I think, I think last election um you know we saw more representation this election it's continued to happen i mean one person that i wanted to to quickly quickly mention was uh labor list mp uh ibrahim omar who is set to become new zealand's first uh african mp i think yep. he was uh born in eritrea um i know lots of people through victoria university um who have really campaigned for for ibrahim to become an mp and what a wonderful diverse uh addition to to both parliament and and government to have have that voice so yeah yeah absolutely agree with what you've said man diversity you know we claim it as as a country i mean throwing back to last week's episode about our national identity and identity, cultural yeah. identity and we you know we do claim diversity and i think in lots of places we we actually tick the box in some places we don't but i'm i'm there with you i'm i'm proud to say that you know this this becomes such a, a diverse diverse parliament and and ultimately diversity is is what helps democracy i think yeah well exactly i mean we've got that and that's democracy it's voice and it's all of these different voices coming together to um help a help our nation as a whole and if some of these um communities don't have a voice in parliament then is that really a democracy so yeah it's it's it, that's exactly it so you know as much of a landslide as it's been and and you know the past past three years especially this year has has had a lot of influence on what it's come to i think new zealand is it's it's looking at things towards the future you know um and i think that's a that's a beautiful thing to see um and yeah the representation throughout the country as well um so yeah i mean i'm yeah i'm pretty yeah i'm pretty chuffed on this election um but i think like you said like you know those great points near the end that there's still things to work on with with how with how we do this and how we treat those those minor parties and those votes um but yeah i mean i got to say bring on the next 3 years really yeah for sure and like i said it's all on a spectrum. This is a voting year where the UK uh, elections are up, we're up, and the uh, US elections US. are up with three, yeah. four, and five-year election cycles all aligning. And we've already seen the results of the UK election. The US election is, is coming up in the next month or so. And like I said, it's all a spectrum. I'm super proud of the electoral process here. I'm super proud to have been a, uh, been a part of it, a whole new perspective. Yeah, true. I, I'm super proud to see people of our generation being outspoken and sharing and empowering each other. And yeah, abs- absolutely. I think we can we can be super proud of of this election as a whole. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying that that we are, are pleased with with how the with how things have have rolled out and like you said bring on the three years that are that are coming forward hopefully uh whoever you know forms the government whether it be labor standing alone with greens who knows we don't want to predict predict that until it happens but hopefully the next three years are uh, a great period of time where lots of fantastic change comes comes to this country yo yeah man i think you think there's a good place I think that's a great place. I think that's a great place as well. Um, so, yeah, so just want to say again, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we're yeah, really enjoying hearing from all of you every week, and we appreciate you tuning in every week as well. Um, and, yeah, just want to say once again to you, bro, thank you very much for finally being able to have this <laughs> this discussion that we've been wanting to have for a while. Um, oh, sure. And yeah check us out on instagram check us out on facebook as we said we love your support and we love hearing from you um and i guess yeah we'll we'll see you next time peace